how we're, um, you know, pre, you know, we record ahead of time. So anything can be said over, done again, you know, it's just all nice and easy. So um, did you have any questions before we got started? No, not really. Okay. Go all, right. Flow. all right. Well, we're recording David and um, I'm just going to let you you take it away, okay? Sounds good. Welcome to the Hob. This is David Charles Allen, Realtor at Village Properties in Santa Barbara with my good friend and co-host, Patty Teal. How you doing, Patty? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm excited to say it today because we have a spe great special guest on, Linda Cook Sproul, who has been an integral part of her community wherever she's lived. And how are you doing today, Linda? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm with my grandchildren today. Oh, Aww. that's amazing. Well, thanks are for they, taking some time. Are they little, your grandchildren? They're, I have a grandson who is eight and a granddaughter who's six, and they are doing pod schooling. So I pick them up on Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh, that's great. They had a special the other day about grand, grandparent school, where so many grandparents are helping with the teaching. I was on one of the national broadcasts. I thought that was so interesting. It's the most difficult thing in the entire world. I oh. so respect their teacher more. I told her today, I have elevated her so high up that I can't even see her feet. Oh, oh my God. Yes, yes. Has, there's nine children in their pod. Mm. And they're in kindergarten and third grades. Well, my goodness, it must be so hard to keep the children's attention online. It is, but you know, the kids seem to be much more in tune to this than, than I think we give them credit. Oh, they good. really adapted much better than I expected. They're, they're perfectly fine with the Zoom. My grandson, my eight-year-old grandson could get in and off of his Zoom much faster than I can. And he mm -hmm. has to do homework and send it in. And I wouldn't even know how to begin to do that. But oh, yeah, wow. it's amazing. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Mm hmm. Well, there's a certain age. Well, of course, the little kids like your grandkids, they know how to use the Internet so well and are so fast. But I noticed even between my oldest daughter, who is 41 or 42, I've lost track. And my youngest, who is just in her early 30s, there's a big difference in how much more adept on the Internet my younger daughter is. So the people that grew up with it, and even I have some people that work for me, they're so fast. Fast. Yeah, and I'm not, and I type with one finger. Mm. Oh, Patty was just saying she does the same thing. Well, I text with my one oh. thumb, and I said, well, David, how do you do? And he goes, I use both thumbs, because I see them like, I don't think I have the coordination in my left thumb to do much of anything. <laughs> no, if I had to use both thumbs, every word would be misspelled, because mm -hmm. one thumb would be faster than the other. I mm. text with one finger as well, and I do a lot of talk <laughs> texting. Oh, yes. I love talk texting. I, that's yeah, been my new favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Except if you do not look at it before you put push send, the person that you've sent that talk text to sometimes has no idea what you're saying because <laughs> it changes words so immensely. It's, it's, you have not a clue. Oh. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So thanks for coming on, Linda. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey in the industry you're in? Sure. I grew up in uh, North Beach in San Francisco. My dad was a butcher. He always owned his own shops all over the city. And then he moved to, um, he didn't move, but his store moved to Mill Valley. He opened up one in Mill Valley. 
And I was about 16 at the time. So I started working at that store with him, as well as my sisters at different times of their lives. And my mom and my grandparents, my dad's parents actually did a lot of the um, cooking at the time. So it was very much family run and family operated um, all the, you know, all the time, all of us were there. And I began working as a, we used to call us the Delettes because we worked in the deli. And then we started, then I started working with my father more in the meat department. And that was fun and rewarding. And my dad had no problem telling me that I was cutting something wrong and a butcher walked in, he would be so embarrassed because I was doing it wrong. And, you know, I was a 16 year old smart ass. And I, I thought, I don't care if someone doesn't think I'm doing it right. I'm not a butcher. So I learned how to do things <laughs> my father's way. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was and cutting chicken breasts and boning chicken breasts and cutting salmon and all sorts of different things. And although my father wasn't one to praise you, I was the only person ever that could put his case together because there's a certain way that meat is supposed to go in. And I mastered it from the master, my dad, and I knew how to do it right. So he wow. only let me do it. He never let any other butcher do it. Oh, wow. Yeah, Who it was knew? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that was my compliment. That was how he complimented me, was letting me do it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You really saw that. Yeah, he was wonderful in that way. And then I, you know, after that uh, Mill Valley store closed because I was getting married and moving north and my father needed to retire, um, but didn't want to retire full time. So he actually sold the store to Whole Foods and then went back to work for them just a couple of days a week just to keep himself busy. And he loved his clients, absolutely loved his clients. My mother, on the other hand, was the opposite. She liked being in the kitchen. She liked doing the backside, but she was not a customer oriented person. And it was obvious. So we kept her in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because we had this German lady that worked there. Gundel was her name. And she was a tall um, blonde. And because I too am blonde, everyone thought that Gundel was my mother. And Gundel used to say in her lovely accent that she, my father is the husband she's never slept with. (laughs) So it was wonderful working for them and seeing all the different trends that went through Mill Valley at that time and the beef industry. Uh, veal was a big hot topic, you know, back in the 80s. So we did, ha- we had the best veal. We had Provimi veal, which meant for pro-vitamins. And it was from Watertown, Wisconsin. And those calves were, were fed three square meals a day, warm. They were fed a warm mush type of meal. And they were kept in similar to how we keep our children in, in cribs. And they were babied and coddled and they had warm water and they did not have cold, you know, they weren't outside, they weren't out in the elements um, because their, their meat was extremely expensive and extremely important. But because they were raised in pens like that, there were quite a few people that did not like that. So the veal industry kind of took a big hit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, we so, have a different, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so speaking with you before the show, you let me know you've enjoyed seeing the people in your community growing up. Is that what's kept you working? Yes, you know, definitely. I more My mother is still alive and she laughs at, oh my God, you are your father's daughter. You like your customers. <laughs> I was going to say, you must have taken after your father and not your mother in that regard. I totally did. And yes, I saw little kids grow up to be adults. And now that I'm in uh, Healdsburg, 
some of those kids have come in and are like, oh my God, you're the teenager that was in Mill Valley so many years ago. Um, some, of the, some of the people that I have run into have been, are now in their 70s and 80s. Um, some of them have to joke that they felt like they were the dirty old man coming in and, and um, gawking me as I was a teenage <laughs> girl. And we oh become friends. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's nice to hear. And we have become friends and acquaintances and you know, they like to follow my life and my mom's and dad's, you know, now that he has passed, but they like to know what they're up to. And a couple of times people will say, Jerry was my favorite butcher, just the best butcher. No one was better than your, than your father, which is a nice um, you know, compliment for him, certainly, and makes me feel good as well. That's amazing to hear. So how is it, how's life affecting with COVID happening right now in the industry itself? Oh, it's been so difficult. It's difficult for everyone. And I think maybe a week or so ago, I realized that it's got everybody really on high anxiety. Um, yeah. More than, and you know, of course, because we're Sonoma County, we also have fires on top of it. But you have to be so careful. Now, where I am at Journeyman, we, we are certainly very careful. We certainly, you know, spray everything down all the time and outside, we can't eat inside. And we wear masks all day long. So we're working with a mask on which is not easy and oh, you have yeah. people that you, you have people that are upset with you about it you have people that are upset that that they have to have a mask on and it's amazing absolutely amazing guys how many people come in without a mask and look at you like you're crazy you have to wear a mask it's like yeah that's what we have to do that's that's what we have to do to get through this. And it's everybody is affected by it there isn't anybody that isn't affected of course businesses you know, restaurants are having a real hard time. They're trying to be real creative. And fortunately, it's been summertime, so we could sit outside, which is beautiful in Healdsburg. But our summer's about to end. And when the rain comes, what are we going to do then? You know, you have to really recreate yourself. Now, Journeyman has, has done well because we did some meetup boxes. So we did three different types of boxes that we sent out, not just people picking up, but also we sent them to many, many people in California and out of state that wanted to not have to go to the store as much, but wanted high quality beef. Wow. So that's kind of the trend we're seeing is that people want high quality beef. They're not eating in restaurants. So they're expecting us to have the quality beef that we say we do, which of course we do. And <laughs> they're, they're doing it. They're, they're buying it. You know, so what a great you. match it must be for you and Journeyman, both, you know, your background working with your father and then your, I know from your bio, you also know a lot about wine and they sell both. It was just like a match made in heaven or like everything you learned in life uh, you can use at this position. It totally was. My dad had passed away about four months before um, or a year before, actually, I started working at Journeyman. And I thought my father would have just been in seventh heaven for me. He would have just thought he would be talking to me about how to do things. And even as I wrap meat, I kind of tease our butchers because they don't wrap properly. So <laughs> I, they don't do the one, two, three, four roll. And my sister was just sitting and she bought some stuff and she called me later that night and she said, you wrap just like dad. And wow. I said, I do everything I do. I think of how my dad would have done it or how he would have talked to a customer. And you guide people, you guide people with what you know, and you're honest, and you're legit. And that's how my father was. You know, it's, it's such a personal relationship that you have with people and you're 
you're just selling them dinner. It's not like a grocery store. You really are. People are seeking you out. They're, they could go to a grocery store and buy meat. They can go to anywhere and buy chicken. Um, we don't carry fish, but we do have a lot of beef and lamb. But it's that personal touch. And we have people that come back every day. They only get their meat at our place. It's funny, um, David, we were talking about when we have uh, customers that are vegetarians. And I yes. have a co- couple of customers say that their kids are vegetarians, except when it comes to journeyman meat. Oh, Yeah, mm. I think we were talking about that a little bit, how I'm a vegan and haven't really been eating meat. And the whole thing about it in this industry, it's really come like factory oriented and like big processing plants where it used to be like small farms, a lot of individual butchers where you could get meat that you knew was grew up in a healthy lifestyle, was happy when it was alive. And I think you're kind of saying the trends may be moving a little bit back to that instead of this big factory producing. Definitely. I see a few, a few butcher shops popping up here and there. There's a few more in Marin County or in Sonoma County than there has been in the past. And I think that it's, you know, it's the farm to table. People really want to know where their items are coming from. And it doesn't necessarily, you know, some people, there are people that think it has to come from California. And I typically am one of those, but I have been re-educated to, we carry the best stuff from where the best stuff comes from. We can't just limit it to California. We want to go to where we feel it's, it's the best. And we had some chickens in from, um, from where in the heck were they from? Venture chickens, Arkansas. And we were blown away. I thought, oh God, Arkansas chickens, you know, they have to come from California. We have to have chickens in California. They were the best chickens. Our customers went crazy for them. And they, our customers said the same thing, you know, kind of like the local, but this is so good. This is better than any local chicken I've ever had. And, you know, I have to laugh because it's true. We like the best. We are into the best. If we can get the best from Sonoma County, that's fine. But if we can get a better product out of state, we'll do that. And I feel that customers are really, they're really into that. Yeah. And they trust us. I can see that happening. So you, you seem to have a lot of influence from your dad as well. How is it working with family? It seems it might be tough at times. <laughs> I laugh all the time because uh, our, you know, this family that owns us, uh, the Sagatio family, they have a couple of sons that work the business also. And everyone thinks, oh, you know, family owned and operated. They've got a lot, they cut a lot of slack. No, they don't. You don't. If you really want your child to grow up properly, you need to be honest with them. They need to be really good workers. And for me, I always said that I was pregnant, nine months pregnant, and never was sick one day. If I was sick, I better have a coroner's report to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad was never sick. Never, ever, ever. Even with a broken leg, he still worked the entire time. And another thing that makes me strong with my father is my dad had polio as a child. So as an adult, the doctors had said that they didn't think he would be walking past 60, that he'd be in a wheelchair. My father died at 88 and he'd only been in a wheelchair for about maybe a month because he pushed himself. Mm-hmm. And growing oh. up watching your family business and watching your dad push, how could you possibly be lazy? You just couldn't. You had so much respect for this man who really had a hard time walking, but pushed himself every single day, six days a week. So to me, that was pretty incredible. 
Absolutely. That is incredible. And I think as a family business, your kids have to definitely work harder. They have to prove to everyone else that they're not sluffers, that they really, they really do work real hard for their family business. Yeah, and that's what you want to do. That's what they want to instill. And I think that's a great reference to have, having your work. looking back Good work. on that. Good work ethics. Yeah, great work ethics. So you seem to have moved multiple times over your life and from chicken to farm with chickens and eggs and then having your own vineyard. What's your most favorite home you ever had in terms of lifestyle? Where I am now, I love Healdsburg. I'm married to an incredible man who is extremely patient with me and allows me to be me, which is so important. And I love and respect him immensely for all that he does, not just for me, but for my daughter and her kids as well. And he's just the best, best grandfather anybody could ever possibly have and also the best husband and friend. Oh, what a lovely testimonial to your husband. You'll have to definitely play this show for him. <laughs> yeah, he's really pretty wonderful. But I have done, and I, I, I laugh because I think that my life has been pretty normal, boring, pop, pop, perhaps at times. But then I, I, was, I was writing things. I thought, oh, gosh, I really have done a lot of things that people really haven't done. I raised chickens. My, when my dad yeah. had a store, we did chickens. And we didn't just do a couple. We had like hundreds of chickens. Oh, wow. Uh, from little baby chicks. We bought them. That was when Petaluma, you could buy baby chicks. You didn't do mail order. And we had a hundred little baby chicks in the brooder that, you know, as they got larger, they went into their pens. And then we sold all the eggs at the store. So we, you know, we had a market for them. And then from there, we also had um, meat birds. And meat birds, all they do is stand at their little feeding thing, their big feeding trough, and just eat, 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 eat all day long. Then we did turkeys too. And the turkeys were great. Best turkeys I ever, ever, ever had. Um, and then I had Angus, a couple of Angus cows. I had three, girl, three females. We brought a bull in. We bred the three and then we had little babies. But those, I couldn't eat those. Those we, we sent off to market and sold them. And then um, years later, it was fun being a farmer. Didn't know a thing about it. One time the, one of the, the babies was about to be born and a friend came over and in the morning and I went, oh my God, what's wrong with that cow? And he said, she's, that's, she's, ha she's having the baby. That's what's happening. <laughs> and there was like this balloon thing coming out of her, her back end. And I had no idea, not a clue. I was such a little city girl. I grew up in San Francisco. I didn't know things like that. Um, wells, well water and stuff like that. You don't realize all the things that go into a well and that you have to have in order to get water into your house. Yeah. So that's living in the country. And I was only in Petaluma. It wasn't really out that much into the country, but still there's the little city girl had to learn a whole bunch of new things really fast. Wow. But my grandparents a, lived on a farm and either they had well watered. We used to pump the water, but I didn't know they were putting things in it. So I guess that makes sense. Something has to go in there, doesn't it? Well, you have to clean it. And it, if you have salt, you, usually we do salt. So we were doing salt for, um, for cleaning it and for keeping it instead of doing chlorine, because you can do chlorine mm -hmm. too, but that, that's kind of smelly and you can smell, you can taste it. Um, right. But you can really smell it. I can smell it in my water in Healdsburg. We have chlorinated water there because it's well water. And I, I think, wow, this is just like the well. But you also have a tank in your garage. 
that I didn't know this, this was making this noise and it's a air release valve. So I didn't know that the water went into a holding tank in my garage before it came into the house. Mm. And, and if you don't have a, uh, a filter on it, your water is going to be possibly rusty. And I got real <laughs> adamant one time with this filter company because I didn't think they were changing them properly. I don't think it was going wrong. I knew more than they did, uh, you know, little city girl. And I said, just remove it. Just absolutely, this is what I want you to do. And he was adamant that he wasn't going to. And I said, look, I called you out here to do this. And that's what you're going to do. So we did it. Within five minutes, I was calling someone else to put <laughs> it back on. All the water in the house became brown, rusty. Oh, and you know no. that the filter was, you have to have a filter. It wasn't optional. So hmm. that was a real fast study. And I, whoever, the other company that came out, I was just happier than heck that they were filtering my water again. And I didn't say anything again. I didn't open my mouth about how I knew more about the water than they did. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I was a fast, I was a fast learner. It well, seems that way. With Thanksgiving coming up, I, I must get your expertise on what's the best turkey to buy. Well, we are going to carry two different types. We're going to carry the distal organic turkey. And we're also going to carry a black heritage turkey, which is a very old school hybrid or old school bred turkey. They're all going to be organic and they're all going to be delicious. Uh, distal has been around for our Willie Bird. I'm sorry. It's going to be a Willie Bird turkey. But Willie Bird is now owned by Distal. They sold um, recently, I guess. So it's a little bit different for us because it's, Willie bird, diesel, it's all the same. But we will be carrying more smaller birds because this year, I don't think people are going to have the big gatherings. Mm -hmm. I think that people are going to abide by that. Yeah. And, I, and David probably knows this, but when you say organic turkey, does that mean that uh, the, the food that they're fed is all organic? How do you differentiate an organic turkey from a regular turkey? That is supposedly, that is how they are raised. And that, again, this is why you want to, you want to have turkeys that you know where they're coming from. And you want to know the farms and the people that are, are doing it because there's so many buzzwords out there. So you want to make sure that they really are raised properly. And when they say that they have, they can run free, you want to make sure that they don't mean that they've got a 12 by 12, but they really are pasture raised and yeah. they really are out in the pasture, right? Right. Because exactly. you just don't know what, when someone says, oh, it, you know, it, it roams free in what, a 12 by 12? Or is it roam free around the house? I mean, what do you mean it roams free? That's kind of a, people always say, oh, it roams free. What does it really mean? Right. Yeah. So we'll, of... we're going to focus on smaller turkeys. And yeah, can people of... order these online? Uh, yes, they can. They can go online or they can call the store and order, our, order your turkey for sure. At Christmas, we'll have right after Thanksgiving, we get our, our, our uh, prime ribs in. And we have a gorgeous um, dry aged. Linda, are you, are you doing the dishes? I'm emptying a dishwasher. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but the noise is coming through. We'll just cut I'm this. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're a busy lady. I, I'm always doing multiple things too. But I was just trying to figure out what's that noise coming what from? What is that noise? Yeah, besides the kids. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll be um, quiet. So the day after Thanksgiving, we'll get our prime ribs in. 
And my dad used to always get them in also the day after Thanksgiving and we would hang them just in the refrigerator. We now have a dry age refrigerator at our store. So it's a little bit different than just hanging it in any refrigerator. So we'll get those in and we'll start moving out um, prime ribs for, for Christmas, which okay. hope I you know, got to get through one holiday at a time, but we're always ahead. Thanksgiving to us is over with and thank and Christmas is the next holiday. Mm. There you go. So besides work, Linda, what makes your life so beautiful? I know you have the grandkids with you right now. That's what makes my house, my life so beautiful and work. I'm really fortunate to live and work in Healdsburg. I'm literally seven minutes from home. And I have my mom that lives with us as well. Not all the time. She rotates between my three sisters and myself, um, which is nice for her. And it's nice for us. So we really get to spend a lot of time with her. And on my days off, I'm with my little ones, which they laughed and said, I would probably just spend the whole time talking about them. And I said, I don't <laughs> think so. Oh, that's lovely. And what's the website at Journeyman in case people want to get their orders in? It's journeymanmeat.com. And do you sell wine too? We do. Our wine is made by Pete Segatio. Uh, he used to own Segatio Winery. He sold it in 2011 and wanted to focus on doing um, salumi and sausage making, which is what his father did um, with, with him as a child. And always around Christmas, they made, they made sausages and hung them in their um, garage or in their attic, I guess it would have been. So yes, he makes a Chardonnay, a Pinot Noir and a Rosé under the Journeyman label. And then under the San Lorenzo label, which is his ranch, that's where he and Kathy and the boys live. And that's about 10 minutes from our store. So it's, it's in Healdsburg, just outside of town. And when he built this home, because he is so forward thinking, when he built his home, he made sure that underneath his house when they were doing foundation that they made it large enough to be able to put a um, drive a forklift in and out and have tanks. So he has a working winery underneath his home. Oh. So after he sold it, yeah, it's a pretty smart guy. After he, he was pretty young when he sold the winery, he was probably only about 50. So he makes the wine for us and you can buy it in a few restaurants, but very, very small production. He only makes about a thousand cases with all four wines. Uh, I said, mentioned, I mentioned four wines, but we do the rosé, the pinot, the Chardonnay, and then he has actually a fifth wine, which is called the Pearl. And the Pearl is from a very small part of the San Lorenzo vineyard that his mother said was the Pearl of the vineyard. And these vines are, these vines are planted in the late 1800s. Oh, so wow. he made, yeah, isn't that cool? And if mm -hmm. you saw them, you would say, there's no way that this, this plant, this vine produces anything. The first time I saw it, I saw it in full with full foliage and, and grape clusters on it. And I was blown away that this stick of a piece of a vine would actually produce enough grapes to make any wine at all. He only makes 84 cases, but it's nice that he, you know, it's family again, that he pays homage to his mom and calls it the pearl. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, the pearl, special. Yeah, Lime very pearl. special, That's very, special. very special. Did I already ask you the website, Linda? We want to make sure everybody can order. Yes, it's journeymanmeats.com. Journeymanmeat.com. Journeymanmeat.com. Thank you. All right, Linda, it was great having you on today. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. 
Thank you. Thank you for Thank having you, me. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Have a lovely week. week. Yes, you guys yes. too. Thank okay. you. Have a lovely Thanksgiving and Christmas all together. Thank you. Yes, lovely all holidays. Right. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Great job, Linda. Thank you so much. Linda. Hmm. Uh, She's still here? She just can't I, hear I, I do see her uh, iPhone. Maybe she forgot to hang up. But I think we can go ahead and maybe at least give your interest rates. That was a nice little interview and just say welcome to hop blah, 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 and then do the beginning and then i'll have it flipped around sounds good is there a okay. way to kick her out so she doesn't hear it all or mm, let me fine. see just don't want to take up her phone. Uh, wait maybe there is something that says remove remove yeah okay i removed it but it still shows up yeah whatever <laughs> oh no there it's gone okay Welcome to the hop. Let's celebrate this week's weather. We've had some warm days this past week, which is surprising for this late in October, early November. So looking ahead, we're going to have partly cloudy days with temperatures in the low 60s. So even we even have a 30% chance of rain coming up. So wow, that's going to be great if we get some rain. Yeah, well, as you know, David, I'm in the Sedona area, and this morning when I came to work, we had lightning and thunder, not much rain. It was a little more show than actual rain, but it was very exciting. Yeah, it's, it's actually really nice to get some weather sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's a little different than routine. Yes. So surf has been relatively flat over this past week, but it looks like we could have our first real storm surf coming in. So this is gonna be pretty windy, so it might not produce the best waves, but there'll definitely be some movement out there. And you never know, you might be able to catch some fun ones and be sure to have fun out there and stay safe. Sounds like fun. We'll continue with how the mortgage rates are performing. So rates actually went up to 2.875 for conforming 30-year fixed, and they stayed the same for at 3% for non-conforming jumbo. As always, rates change. and we talked about a little last week about what's up to come in terms of rates. Some people say they're going to go up. Some people say they're going to go down. So it's really just uh, figure out the best time possible for you and make sure the mortgage payment is safe and you should be good to go. What were they last week, David? I'm just trying to remember how much they went up. So they were 2.75 last week. Okay. So just a little bit. Just a little bit, but mm -hmm. you know, you just never, they could drop again tomorrow. You just don't know. I understand. So we'll jump into this week's statistics. We have 12 coming soon listings, 43 new listings. So slightly up from last week where we had 40, um, 13 price changes, slightly down. We have 32 pending. So we're seeing a downward trend from pendings. We had 32 this past week. Then we had 47 the week before. And then we had 54 the week before that. So there is less homes coming on in terms of supply. But at the same time, this is usually our slower period where a lot of people kind of put a hold to home buying and kind of focus on the holidays. So especially in an election year, we'll see how it takes us in the next few weeks. Absolutely. It will be very interesting to see if people are waiting to see what happens with the election. So we'll know more soon.
We'll know more soon. And yeah, to round it out, we had 55 close this last week, down from 61. So as always, um, those are the statistics for this week. And I look forward to next week and sharing this time with you. And let's give it a go, Patty. Thank you so much, David. It was really a fun, fun episode of The Hop. It's a beautiful life. Until next time. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye, Patty. David, you're getting to be such a great interviewer. If you ask great questions, I think that was really fun. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, your mom had sent an email about uh, a, a vet uh, the week of Thanksgiving, which is fine with me, but I just want to check with you whether that works for you the Tuesday yeah, before I Thanksgiving. Her and, okay. Yeah, I called her and let her know it works. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Okay. Talk next week. Have uh, a great week, David. Bye. Thank Bye. you.